for me, in today's society, I think we need to decide, de- de- redefine thriving. Thriving has in itself this undercurrent of hunger. I need to do more. I need to, you know, and especially compared to other peers. And I think thriving should be the the search for simplicity, the good health, good relationship, being so comfortable in, in everyday life that I get to choose what my next step is. I'm in control of my life, my emotions, and I'm not controlled or conditioned by society or other people. To the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I am so glad you're here. It's been a beat. I took a month off, and I'm just so happy to be here with you today. If you're new to the show, we chat all things self-care, self-discovery. We chat about yoga. We chat about life. And it's a safe space. This month, friends, we're talking about some good stuff. We're talking about freedom. And that's freedom in our bodies, freedom from diet culture, freedom to experience joy and pleasure. It's going to be a pretty fun month. (laughs) Um, Before we get in there and dive in with our amazing guest today, question friends, are you watching the HBO documentary, The Vow? Holy shit. It's so wild. It's so well done. I mean, it's definitely disturbing, but worth a watch. So if you're I'm like, why are you talking about this? Well, I love a good Netflix show, and sometimes it can be really therapeutic to just get out of your world. I'm not 100% sure if this is therapeutic, but anyways, it's about the Nexium cult um, that dissolved not not long ago. And I, what's so intriguing to me about this show is that the teachings of this leader, this really gross man, Keith, are truly profound. I mean, he's clearly an intelligent human with a message that can help people. And these people that were roped into this organization, they're super intelligent. He just took it too far. I love talking about self-study on this show. And I also think just observing when and where things go awry, especially in self-development, can keep us in check, can keep us, you know, questioning the things we're doing, making sure we're on the right path. So anyways, side note, that's what's been happening in my world, (laughs) watching The Vow. On a lighter note, I took a little vacation to a very cute farmhouse in Wisconsin. First time getting away from the kids since March. It felt real nice. (laughs) The place didn't have a TV. It was in the middle of nowhere. There was a super awesome winery nearby, but that's kind of it. I mean, it was so relaxing. We just read. I did lots of yoga outside, meditation. So if you're looking to get away and you're feeling sheepish about flying right now, I I highly recommend checking out an Airbnb, finding a little getaway not far from home. It was so rejuvenating. Yes, those are my updates. Not a lot has happened in the month of September. Um, On the personal front, lots happening with Yoga Magic, though, and I'm so excited to share more with you as we are moving forward into the end of 2020. Um, A couple events coming up for the Yoga Magic community. First, I'll be teaching weekly community yoga classes on Zoom on Mondays and Saturdays. It's just a place where we can get together, we can move our bodies, set intention, talk a little about what's happening in the Astros. Um, Check out the show notes to learn more about those weekly classes, and if you want to practice with me regularly each week, you can get a membership for a super reduced cost. So check that out. Secondly, I'm hosting my first in-person event. 
since March in Halloween. Um, if you're in the Twin Cities, I'll be pairing up with yoga magic favorite Meredith McGowan of Earthling Astrology for a full moon flow. Um, if you didn't know, Halloween is a doozy this year, astrologically. It's a full moon. Mars is still in retrograde. Mercury will be in retrograde shadow. It's just, it's a lot. So we'll be flowing in the candlelight. Meredith will give a cosmic weather report, and then there will be a few spots for readings with her as well. Um, your ticket includes a beer, and it's going to be a fun way to get together. It's at Forgotten Star Brewery here in the Twin Cities. Um, we will be distanced with our mats and masks are required. So check out the show notes to get your tickets and space is limited. So grab those pretty quickly. Alrighty, my friends, that's all you need to know. Um, before we get to our guests, let's talk about it. Yasna, Yasna Burza is an internationally recognized life and business coach who helps her clients discover what they really want and live their lives according to what they actually value. Um, she's just the perfect person to discuss this topic of societal expectations. Um, she's, she's no stranger to adversity. I mean, Yasna experienced extreme hardship growing up and she talks about it on the show. Um, you know, when she was nine, she was separated from her father and located to a refugee camp. Later in life, she struggled through child loss and infertility and just through it all, She's gravitated to the to the positive and has built the life and business that she always dreamed of. And now she teaches others how to do the same. So we talk a lot about figuring out what you really want, what you value, and making your decisions based on that. And sometimes that means breaking the, the quote-unquote rules, you know, what society says we're supposed to be doing with our lives, making money, getting the big jobs, yada, yada, all that. My original intent was actually to talk with her about the freedom to live, you know, in a wealthy way, to live with abundance, to live and thrive. And I guess as a woman, I sometimes think we shy away from those things. Like we feel like we're not worthy to experience those things. But what we actually got into in this conversation was something even more profound about redefining the idea of thriving um, that it isn't as much about the goals and the achievements, but rather it's a mindset shift into contentment with what we have in the now. So something that I just, I love about Yasna is that she reminds us that nobody has it all together, including her. We are all human. And I say this a lot, you know, on Instagram and social media that we're just, we're all struggling. And the goal is to find the moments of joy in those moments of struggle. It's an amazing conversation, and I'm just so grateful to have her on the show. So if you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and a review because it means a lot to me, to this community. Let's hop to this awesome conversation with Yasna. Thanks again for listening. All right, we are here today with Yasna Burza. I am a super fan of Yasna. I feel like what a gift to chat today about. I mean, I think we're going to get into some stuff. I'm excited. Um, but Yasna, you've, you know, I feel like I creepily know your story because I follow a lot of your stuff, but will you just tell the listeners like all about you and, and what you've overcome to where you've gotten to today? Oh my God. How much time do you have? I mean, you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, real honor um, to be here with you. Thank you so much. I got a chance to listen to uh, some of your episodes and I think you do a wonderful job. So oh, I really appreciate you. you having me here and who you are in this world and the work that you do. I think it's just beautiful to see people um, excel at what they do. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I um, I'm a life and business coach by, by trade, um, but I'm so much more. I'm you know as the spiritual soul having a human experience. Um, as as I like to say it, I am originally from Bosnia, so I grew up during a civil war and ended up in a refugee camp. So I have um, a pretty different history than than most people, and I speak about the effects of um, of that childhood and upbringing for a very long time, especially right now during the coronavirus pandemic um, in terms of resilience. It's, it's not the childhood I would wish on anyone, but I really think that be, because it has defined me so much, um, I it has really prepared me for the work that I'm doing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So 
my entire life has been, you know, coming, uh, I came into the U.S. when I was 17 to uh, come for, I came for undergrad, stay for grad school. And I thought like, I'm done with all of that. I'm like, I figured it out. I, you know, America from, to me is the greatest country in the world. I love where I was born, but this is my home and this is where, where all dreams come true. I really, really, really believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there's so many things that we have to work on. So I became very, um, grateful and and looking forward to the future and then even in my all I thought I was done with all the I thought I had all the resilience I needed and then I was faced with nine miscarriages um, uh, six years into into um, my marriage and that was really hard it was the three years of getting pregnant and losing a pregnancy getting pregnant and Mm -hmm. surgeries and and all of that and I I feel like that rocked me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through another really hard period of reclaiming my life and re-identifying who I am, what that looked like. And as a result of that journey, I went back to grad school and gave birth to what I do right now, which I really believe is the role that I have been born for. So in a nutshell, that's who I am, where I came from, what I do. I um, operate on kindness. Um, I talk about consciousness, raising your vibration, living a good life, uh, understanding that that life can really be difficult sometimes. So I'm a real realist, but an idealist at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's so eloquently put, because what I take away from what you put out into the world is that you are so positive, but it's not, it's not toxic positivity it's real positivity like we've we're all being being dealt some some shit i mean truly right now and and like you own it but also okay what is the next best step what do we do within our own little units and also as a collective and and i really wanted to dive into today to learn from you to have our listeners learn from you about living life in a, in, I say a really luxurious way, like living life to the fullest, but I mean, even more than that, like being so, so full of life in, in enjoyment and joy and how, you know, right now it just feels like there's a lot in the way, but maybe that's just where that's our in our own heads. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about you know, some people don't even know what it feels like to thrive, to live a life to the fullest. In your words, what does that mean when someone is living their life and you've coached them to a great place? What do you think that is? Um, I think it's a place of contentment. It's not even necessarily the happiness, but just being fully in with, with myself, being okay with who I am. I think that um, I personally do believe that I'm a coach and I work with people and they hire me daily to, to provide these services. But I think this is something we can give to ourselves. And I think that my job is to offer advice that will get me out of my job, that will make my job no longer necessary, if that makes any sense, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it's, you know, thriving is there's a survival and there's existing and then there's thriving. Mm-hmm. In during the survival, it's impossible to thrive. So some of the people in the audience may be in the process of survival. They've lost a job. They've lost a child. They've lost a loved one. They're really struggling with mental health. That's a state of survival. And I think conversation or thriving all, all of a sudden brings that level of inadequacy. And in our culture is constantly talking about thriving and the best and the fame and the money. And I think that puts additional pressures And I think thriving is a space where we are unchained from all of the things that we're expected to do, where we're completely free to be ourselves, when we are completely free to express ourselves and do what it is that we love. So I think that when we say someone is thriving, it's almost as if there's, um, there has to be some measure of success or accolades or you know something really big is happening i don't believe that that's that that's necessary the case you know we say children are thriving when they're just really learning what they're supposed to learn at that age when they're uh, when they're gaining weight when they're you know just getting healthy and for me in today's society i think we need to decide the, the redefine thriving thriving has in itself this um, undercurrent of hunger, 
I need to do more. I need to, you know, and especially compared to other peers. And I think thriving should be the the search for simplicity, the good health, good relationship, being so comfortable in, in everyday life that I get to choose what my next step is. I'm in control of my life, my emotions, and I'm not controlled by or conditioned by society or other people. Mm-hmm. That I love the parallel to kids. I think a lot about that, and just you see it in in children. They are they're content. I to tie this to yoga. So happy baby, that yeah. posture. The more literal Sanskrit um, um, breakdown of that is content baby. It's not happy baby. It's content baby. Which when I learned that, I was like blew my mind like of course that makes so much sense content you know but i if i may i have a really powerful um um story about um i wrote i wrote a story a short story about a happy baby pose because i used to be a yoga teacher mm-hmm. and uh, eons ago uh, and i remember doing yoga and i was in a happy baby pose and the teacher said something you know when those wonderful teachers say something really poignant and I just started bawling and mm. I was going through uh, miscarriages and I just completely lost it. And if I look back, I would say there was some of the hardest um, times in my life, but I was also thriving there. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, because I was going through the process of undoing things that have been done. So I was growing in a way, but I didn't, it, it wasn't defined to a society or outwardly that I was doing that. That gives me goosebumps. I love that. As a yoga teacher, like, yes, those moments. Those moments. Yoga has been known to cause happiness. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, where are people getting stuck? You know, you're talking so, so again, eloquently about this idea of what it feels like to be content, what it feels like to thrive. And I mean, now, but not even just now, always, We're, we're getting in our own way when people are coming to you and and they're you know they're they're looking for your guidance what are their major barriers or blocks that are keeping them from that space of contentment i think it's yearning for something that they don't really want but believe mm-hmm. that that's what they should do um i my work is split into two things people come to me because they want to figure out why are they here what's my purpose what am i supposed to do and then if they have an idea or they start a business then i take that and i develop it and help them create a life that they can they can make money doing uh, what they love but i think very often it's they start something and it's it's actually now what it is that they want so the the obstacle is always following um someone else's path the desires um true desires are very often our own they don't belong to other people but we take the noise of other people or the society what we should look like what we should do how much money we should make and we we all of a sudden make that ours, think that it's ours, but it's really not. And we put that pressure on ourselves. And I think it's, the again, from the beginning of this conversation, that was a great question. It's going back to simplicity. Who am I? Truly, it's redefining who we are, self-awareness. We are not, we are not spending nearly as much time asking yourself, oh, who am I? What is it that I want? And um, unfortunately, the world that we live in, it's this, there's an Instagram hype where everyone wants to make millions overnight and they want the great bodies and the relationships and they want to sit on Oprah's couch. And I think that we get so um, stuck in the like, I'm inadequate because I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, th- that's completely irrational. That may not even be your path. What is your path? So I would say self-awareness, knowing who I am, what is it that I truly want. And it's um, also letting go of the, um, the goals that are not truly ours. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm so vibing with that. That, that self-study piece. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Like diving into who you are. So right now, and I guess this is more of like a personal question for me, because I'm, I'm love to do this work around self-study and talking about the things that you're talking about and, and growing individually to raise the consciousness of everyone around me. That being said, I feel a lot of guilt right now in being 
in a, in a good state. Like there's so many people that are struggling right now. There's so many people that truly don't have what they, I mean, just food. Right. And this, it'll just like pop up in spurts and I'd be like, Oh man, like there's people suffering. How do we get over that? Because that's not helping anyone. Okay. So I may get into a slight rant around that because I I really empathize and I really um, feel for you. It just shows how big of a heart you have, but I think that is a very misguided approach Mm -hmm. than all of us. It's how I live majority of my life. Here's, here's the thing, guilt. If you look at the, um, so I do, um, kinesiology and I study the frequency map guilt vibrates very low, like one of the lowest, right? One of the lowest. Right. Feel guilty for for the well being that we have. We can't help anyone when we are not at our best. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know, when I can't help my children if I'm. I I took me many years to figure that out. By the way, because I I thought I'm a martyr. I should not sleep all night long, and <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm a good mother. I'm like, no, I should take care of myself, right? And I think that it's it is. Having there's a difference between having immense compassion for those who are really hurting right now. God, I love them. I will do whatever it is that I can financially, time wise, and otherwise to help them. However, um, I can't afford to put myself in a position of uh, guilt or depression because then I affect my own life, everyday life. And if my you know, you said it so beautifully. If your duty here is to increase consciousness to everyone around you, you don't do that mm-hmm. when you're vibrating in guilt. So I think for all of us out there who are such people, people, or we love people and we love them hard, and we feel like, well, I can't be happy because there's so many people who don't have them. I, I think that the, the that we have only one responsibility in this world and this may be controversial. And I, I think that that is to be, to be living in a state of joy. Yeah. Because when we're in a state of joy, we literally energetically, I believe that there's an energy field around all of us. We affect our environment closely and widely, because I believe that that kind of energy travels, right? The power of the intention. And I think we're able to create the world. We're able to, um, you know, um, even some of the work, people that I work with struggle with making a lot of money when people don't have a lot right now. And I tell them, this is wonderful. Do you know how many causes you can help right now? How many, what you can, you're not struggling. So you're in the position to actually be a, uh, uh, someone that be a benefactor to others. So it's, it's focusing on that well-being and, and the gratitude goodness, I'm so grateful that this is, this is the case. Focusing back on that, doing whatever it is you can, but then coming back in a state of joy because nothing works well for me when I'm not in a state of joy. And I have moments where I'm like so feeling sorry for myself or guilty or pissed off. And especially family members, you know, when they hurt, mm-hmm. I feel like there was this lack of boundaries or enmeshment. I felt like I had to hurt, otherwise I don't love them. Sometimes my husband will come home and he's in a pissy mood. That's on him. I'm going to let him let those emotions pass through, but I can't possibly take them on because then we have two pissy people who help no one. Mm -hmm. Does, Does that help? Yeah. It's even just hearing you say it. Like I know that, but also just sometimes someone telling you, this isn't helping. Like, don't, don't go to that space. Like that's why coaches exist so they can help us get to the right place. Thank you. Thank you for going and sharing that. Yeah, but it's also permission. I think that we, it's it, when someone gives you such blatant permission, they're such a good person. Like you shouldn't feel like that. You're like, you're right because we feel we feel better about ourselves when we feel guilty, and that is such a quandary, uh, a, a human human quandary about about life and our emotions. Right? And like, what what is we can't figure it out. We can't decipher it. And I think that we feel good about ourselves because like, I must be a good person. And I think we just need to delineate and understand that powerlessness, guilt, um, depression, anxiety, all of those emotions vibrate really low and they're not very constructive in the consciousness of the world. And uh, it's better to be really pissed off because pissed offness is an energy that can be pivoted. I love pissed off people. 
give me a pissed off person will make something happen, right? Right. But guilt is just such a, a heart-wrenching um, emotion. And on top of it, I think, I, I, don't, I, I suspect that you know this, I think I really do believe that it causes this ease um, in the body. Oh, long-term. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of touched on something that I wanted to explore more is that, you know, we as humans, as this existence in this life, tend to default to the negative, to potentially unhappiness or guilt. And it's frankly, I mean, everything that I've read about this, it is easier to just be unhappy. It's You have to work to be happy and you have to work to be in a higher vibrational state. What, you know, if someone wants to get started saying, gosh, I'm vibrating really low. I live in shame. I live in guilt. What do you think is an, a great place to just start? You kind of talked about self-study. Is that is that it? Or like, what would you give as if I'm a client, like, and I want to get out of that negative vibration? So I want to do that. But before, I just want to say that I really disagree that it takes work to be happy. Okay. Um, I think initially it feels like this really big jump. It's kind of like energies in motion tend to stay in motion, you know, our body, bodies in motion tend to stay in motion and bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. What it is, it's um, what is your equilibrium? What is your what is your mid mid balance? So if you're very unhappy and you're in those states, yes, it's going to be. There's such a big journey to becoming happy, um, but if you are in a state of good energy, then you're just maintaining it. Then it's not difficult. So mm. I can say this confidently because I know what it's like to feel deep shame, what it's like to feel deep anger, deep sadness. Um, being, you know, PTSD, suffering with some of the things that, that were extremely hard. And just like I deeply empathize with people who feel like there's no way out. I really do. I've been there so many, so many times. Um, so it's, and, and then I have been on that, on that arc of rediscovering. And I think the first number one thing is surrender to whatever it is. And that is the, the thing is like, we feel like we're inadequate or not good enough, or there's something wrong with us. If we're just feeling, not feeling good or feeling shame, it just is what it is. I am creative, resourceful and whole. I'm a child of God. I am, I am just perfect the way I am. I just find myself in a season that's not my season. It's a season that may be fortifying me, but I don't enjoy it. It's a season that's going to show me new lands and new journeys, but boy, it hurts. So it's not like, you know, uh, um, negating what is happening, but it's also opening up. It's changing the language. So the first is surrender. Number two is the language. If you say that, you know, becoming happy or content is very difficult, then it's going to be very difficult. I mean, we operate our lives and the beliefs. Uh, before I didn't, I didn't know that it was possible to, you know, just like you and I, we work for ourselves. It was able to create a life like this. I didn't think that it was even a possibility. So when I didn't believe that, I didn't go after it, right? So um, being very kind to to ourselves, and then it, the rest is simply the basics. It's not striving. It's not doing what anyone else is telling you, but asking yourself, hand on heart, who again, who am I, and what do I need right now? What is it that I want? Um, and by the way, there's a beautiful soul on Instagram that has changed lives of so many. Um, she goes. Her name is Nicola Pera. Mm-hmm. And she's a under holistic psychologist. Oh yes, on, on Instagram, and she is a therapist that just kind of turned to Instagram for you know for talking about shame and boundaries and guilt and all of these things. And she does such a beautiful job. I really highly recommend it. Um, but then, um, this is the book that changed my life. Is like you can. Tell us <gasps> I knew you were going to talk about this. I actually like. I have goosebumps. I knew you were going to talk about this because I. Okay. Oh. How did you know? I, she. It's been popping up in my. I've read it. I mean, I love this book, and I like the podcast, and I, but I just was like thinking about like I think we're going to talk about this today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for our audience, this is a book by Louise Hay who recently passed away, and it is "You Can Heal Your Life." And um, someone gave this to me when I was going through miscarriages, and I'm like, oh my dear God, this is. This is just the. It's just too much. It's too woo woo. It's too all of these things. But it ends up being true, and it's a journey back to self love. Mm. 
So whenever we're not feeling shame or feeling guilt, we have disconnected from the original love, which is self-love and it's the love of divine that in, in, you know, call it God or universe, we're in, 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 in the eyes of the universe or God, we're beautiful. There's nothing lacking. So it's our all contraption about what we should look like, how much money we need to make, et cetera, et cetera. So the happiness is kind of, you know, the, it, when the expression is like a butterfly. It lands on your shoulder when you least expect it. And I think the search and pursuit of happiness can be really futile because it, it reeks of desperation. Why don't we just, you know, um, learn to be content with today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not expect to have a yacht or have a villa or have a child or have whatever it is, whatever it is that we're yearning for the most material or otherwise, and surrender for what is. When we are going through a difficult time, that difficult time is always perfectly orchestrated for us. It's been perfectly designed for us to learn the lesson that we, that we will need for the next chapter of our lives. So then you can ask for yourself, not what, why is this happening to me, but uh, you know, what may I learn from this? Mm-hmm. How, may I, how may I grow? So I really, with, with my clients, with, I, I, I don't, and even with my audience, I don't necessarily focus on happiness. I focus on optimism. Happiness is such a fleeting moment. I'm not happy every single day. I'm not happy from morning to evening. I have fluctuations when I get tired and I get, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge introvert. So after this, I'm probably going to feel very deflated because, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's so much, I give so much energy and I'm not, I'm not going to feel happy, but I'm still going to remain content, grateful and optimistic. And those are the emotions that give me health. Um, and I think it's good food time in the nature. Uh, it's been shown that within 20 minutes walk on nature called forest bathing, uh, all of our hormones come back into balance. The cortisol levels drop. So all of the things in our body start to kind of, you know, balance themselves out. It's really simple. It's, we have been conditioned and told that we have to buy this and buy that and do this to be happy or be content or be thriving or be fulfilled. When in reality, what we truly need is very, very little, very little. Good food, community, feeling loved, feeling worthy, feeling of service, um, staying healthy. Um, If we focus on those things primarily for me, I think that uh, so much can change. And also I'm not a physician or a homeopath, but I, I have, done so much healing on myself and I see healers weekly where I really do believe that there's a huge connection between a level of happiness and our, our and our physical health so our gut health for example and now we know the majority of serotonin which is the chemical that makes us feel good is created in our gut so-called the second brain I've learned that the moment I learned I'm like well that kind of makes sense if I'm eating nothing but sugar and I'm feeling crappy I'm not going to feel as great so there's so many it's like there's never one prescription. It's just like surrender, let go, and then um, just focus on, on today. And I think too much being in our head and too much striving will be the death of us. And I think that this year actually may put the stuff on that yearning and striving. I hope and I pray. I really do. It's the rise of the feminine. It's coming. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, so what do you think, you know, as of this year, things have changed. We've learned a lot. You talk about the gift of this year and I, that's how I feel. I am, this has been such a gift. I don't, I mean, not people dying, but like the awakening around my life and, and the the existence talking about the feminine energy that we're truly like being forced to lean into. What do you, how has this changed how you work or think, or maybe it hasn't? Oh, yeah, it hasn't and it has. Um, One, I have, you know, this is very clearly very serious for so many people because they're going to be affected. I do believe that for the world, this is the best possible thing that could have happened. Um, However, inflamed and and 
substantiated fears are. I believe that there's a coronavirus hysteria. I think a lot of these things are not rooted in actual science. So Mm -hmm. I think that we all need to just literally calm down. It is not as dire as we're being told that it is. This may be controversial, but I really stand by it and I'm willing to defend it with so many, so many uh, things that I've been studying. And fear also can be more damaging than getting the actual virus for a majority of us. So I'm just going to say that, but it is a real thing that has changed the societies and the fabrics. Um, I, I was interviewed many times this year, earlier in the year about this. Uh, for me, I have lost so much. My husband lost his job. I lost all of my income. We com- like completely was uh, were wiped out financially. And so you know, people are like, well, you are so happy because not, you are not affected. I'm like, I'm actually really most affected than, than, than uh, most people. But in the end, it's going back to where I came from. We have to stay at home. Majority of us, majority of the Americans are still getting help from the government. We're not going to go hungry. Majority of us are not going to die. And we get to stay home, uh, you know, spend quality time with our family and watch Netflix. Okay, let's put things into perspective, right? Uh, And I I think that for me, it's been one of the greatest years of my life because I started to question so much. You know how we all get caught up in the goals and the next thing and it's never enough, there's always more. My husband and I had tremendous amount of time um, at home with our kids. So, um, I mean, we, we've we camped five weeks and we slept in a tent under the stars this summer. And that would have never happened if it wasn't for COVID. But I think it was the reflective piece. We have to slow down. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to the way it was before. Mm-mm. The way it was before is like we're running toward death. Mm-hmm. overweight, unhealthy, stressed out, not enough time, not enough time with family. So I think that this has been a, a very contemplative pause and uh, an opportunity to redefine what is it that we really truly want, what truly matters if we can see our loved ones, if we can do the work that we can do, and also gave people permission to actually, if they were in unhappy marriages, you know, everything that was existing before was accentuated. So then we were faced with our own reality, and I was faced with a lot of my own realities. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't, I don't want that. What am I going to do about it? Um, And there was something, I'm not going to lie, there was something so magical about the slower pace of life. And we've been cooking so much. I don't cook. My husband does. So I couldn't (laughs) say we, I would say he. Same. (laughs) (laughs) But but something so nourishing about, you know, spending time in dance parties at home, etc., I mean, at some point, I think we have to move on. We really do. I, I believe that it's been about time that, that we move on. But in, in tech, telling people, like, what, this is not the first or the last pandemic. Mm-mm. We're going to be faced with something like this again. And then you have to ask yourself, and I, am I in position to, um, to react to it and, be in, and respond to it when it happens again? Have you done any research on like thinking the Louise Louise Hay, you know, um, theories around what the like the coronavirus itself is like where how that manifests? I haven't done that yet. I, I it, like you talking about this today makes me want to go see like like knowing that disease is tied to something else like to feelings or emotions or whatever. I wonder if like a respiratory (laughs) disease is something that is tied to like systems breaking down, you know, who knows? (laughs) I mean, we can, I I think, I wish I had some of these answers. The answer is that I don't, I think (laughs) you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Louise Hay follower. Um, I, I, I think, I think it's just a virus. And I think, you know, I I often like to say it's mother earth getting really pissed at us. Yeah. And just like a lashing out, but it's just a virus. And we've known that these things are uh, possible and they're going to keep happening because we live in a very globalized world with a lot of dangers, unfortunately. Um, so for me, then the, the answer is, I, I mean, it could be, there is on a spiritual level, like we're going into the Aquarian age and there's a lot of changes. We're going from being very asleep to awakening and rising consciousness, like things are happening. They actually are. And if you look at all the predictions, there was always something about 2020. 
There was always something about 2020. 2020 was the year, right? So um, it could be, you know, I, I think that um, uh, we may have used this as, a, as an opportunity or as a chance to, to break down some of the systems, but I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's related. I think, I think spiritually it's a welcome thing for a lot of us because the old notions of fame, of money, greed, working too much, hustling, like I just, I, I don't resonate with that energy. I used to, because I'm like, I'm an immigrant. I came into this country and I'm going to work so hard. And I prided myself on it until I went through three years of nine miscarriages Mm. And it wasn't worth it. So I, I believe in just realigning. And I've completely let go, honestly. This is very this was difficult for me because I'm such a um, type A person and I like to achieve. Like, what's next? Um, I have completely surrendered to the fact that I could die happy right now, having achieved what I've achieved. And I have the most beautiful family. I live in an incredible country with amazing uh, 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 members of the community and deeply fulfilled and completed. Then I have to ask myself, how may I just be of service for the rest of my life? So it's a very beautiful space to be in. Um, And I think that this new Aquarian age is inviting us all of us, especially especially women, because we resonate with the feminine energy, how may I rise to my power and be a completely 100% authentic and let myself offer my service to the world, whatever that looks like, but take my power. You know, we've been conditioned to work. We've been conditioned to be slaves to, to this is how it is. Well, who says this is how it is, right? I followed all, I'm a rule follower. Um, until I became a rebel. I did, I did all the right things. And then I realized, I'm like, I get to write my own rules. And that is the gift of the country that we live in, frankly. And that is the gift of 2020. Break all the rules that you thought may have been presented for you and chart your own course because this is a miraculous world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is magic. I've, I've such, it came at the perfect time that we're talking about this. Cause like this with school starting and just people are really, they're needing some guidance, a little course correction. So thank you. Thank you. I love this. Well, I need course correction, right? <laughs> like I, I, anything that I say, I, I really want to make this extremely clear. I am a teacher and I am a coach and I have been doing that for the last 11 years, but I am not a human who doesn't err or falls on her butt on a daily basis. It's just that I know how to get myself. I don't like to stay in that space for a very long time. So there's nothing perfect or complete about me. And I'm not telling everyone, this is how it's done. I'm just offering that there's another opportunity because I I get very sick and tired of people who just like have it all together all the freaking time. No one has it all together. It's not real. It's not real. It is not. It is just simply not. That's irrational. We're human beings. We process things. Things happen. Uh, you know, we, we deal with these things life and life can really be challenging and hard sometimes. But whatever um, stage you are in, you just have to understand that it's not going to last. You know, I always say my, my, my signature line is you're exactly where you need to be, but you don't have to stay there. And there's great peace in that because all of a sudden, like, I'm exactly where I need to be. Okay, that sucks, but okay. But it's like you don't have to stay there. And there's this glimmer of hope that I think can change everything. So everything you hear me say is like I'm giving myself a dose of medicine because this was supposed to be the year I went back to work. For seven years, I've been a stay-at-home mama and like a part-time teacher and a coach. And now I'm like, I'm at home with my homeschooling two of my children. I did not sign up for this, any of it. But here it is. And I didn't, I was telling you, I didn't have a great attitude the first day, you know, watching kids being on the screen, but I had to readjust, make some changes and say, okay, we're, we're just going to make this work. And means me getting back at work is going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. And to be rooted in who you are, to know that rather than be pressured into who knows what with, especially with your kids, talk about pressure. <laughs> right. Well, I, I I have this insane belief that I there's a force that's always guiding me that knows what's best for me. There's a beautiful book called um, "The Surrender Experiment." 
Mm. And it is it is so magical because it's the journey of a man who said yes. You just kind of he didn't have the goals. He just kind of went wherever the doors opened. There was like this effortless path, and he created the most beautiful life for himself. It surrender instead of thriving, say I'm going to do this. There's things that I want. I just purchased a company, so for me, this is really a big deal. I've never done anything like this. So now, besides my own company, I have to run another company, assemble a team, and I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I just have to say, there, I surrender because there's a reason why this is happening for me. Everything is always working out for me. Everything is always working out for me. So there's a reason. Maybe I'm learning how to be better in my time. Maybe I'm learning to, whatever. I don't know what the lessons are. But I really do believe that even during a hardship, everything is always working out for me. Mm-hmm. So do you have spots? Can pe- like I think people are going to want to work with you, right? when they hear this, do you have spots? Like, to, it sounds like you're starting out this another I business. I, unfortunately, I'm completely booked out for the rest of the, the year. That's but amazing. I, I'm, I, there's, they don't have to necessarily work with me. They can, um, they can come to Instagram where I will do teachings. I do regular webinars. And I also do um, something called Fridays with Yasna every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. It's here in Minneapolis and it's in Modern Well. And it's free coaching. Hmm. So anyone is welcome to come and, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's life coaching, sometimes it's business coaching, but I announced that on Instagram. So I am a really believer of being of giving. Uh, I have been blessed many times over. So how may I be of service? And I love to teach. So please, uh, you know, let me know what else you may need and I'll create programs, but all of those will be free for my wider audience. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Fridays with Yazda, because I think you weren't having it for a little while, right? Or is it back? No, we it's back. Yes. <laughs> what days of the week? So it's every Friday? Every Friday. Oh my God, five, that's amazing. Five to 6 p.m. And it is in person. Um, so people, if you're feeling, you know, we're going to be distanced, but those who are very, I suggest um, wearing masks to be for everyone is, is safe. Uh, but I just don't want this to prevent us. It has cost us so much already. And I feel like people need that kind of support and community more than, more than ever. I will take all the precautions. Modern Well is taking all the precautions. But I don't want to start the work. This is holy work. This is, this is what I was born to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll probably see me. I'll be there soon. <laughs> I would love to see. Honest to God, it is the most incredible group of humans. Like I tend to attract the most <laughs> wonderful humans and then they become friends and then they see each other and then they start hanging out together and starting businesses together. And to me, that isn't that the whole point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Last question before you go, what do you like to do for self-care? Like what do you do to, to fill up your cup? Oh, the, oh my God. There's so many things, but number one that has redefined my life, changed it. And people think I'm crazy for it. I wake up at 4am. Wow. And yeah. I, it, is, it is the only time that I have by myself. My husband goes to the gym at four. He wakes me up, brings me coffee and he's off. And um, I, I'm a huge introvert. So during the day, I have the children. And then in the evenings, there's husband who wants my ear. And I'm never, I just crave this alone time. So four to six, four to seven, depending on the wake up, is a holy hour for me. Um, I will, I, uh, and in that holy hour is, is um, prayer. I read Course in Miracles. Um, I meditate regularly. And when I don't, for example, I did not meditate this morning. And it, one time they missing is not going to affect me much, but if I do it a few days in a row, I'm going to feel it right away. Um, so tonight before I go to bed, I'm just going to make sure I get back on the horse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really spending time in reflection, spending time in meditation and, and prayer. And that is that time of getting to know myself and I, there's absolutely no social media there. It's about creating. It's about thinking. It's about being alone with the divine. Um, and some may think it's too luxurious to have so much time to yourself. And, um, and there are moments where, where I really do not want to wake up, but when I do, 
hi, Ashley, my life is just, my day is so much more beautiful. I'm more grounded. When my children wake up, I'm dressed, makeup's on, I worked out, I'm ready to breakfast, and I'm just more ready to take on the day. And um, another another uh, resource, I'm a huge fan of Ab- Abraham Hicks. So mm, if you don't know who Abraham Hicks is, go to YouTube, type in Abraham Hicks. And I think it's when I'm in that energy of just like really allowing, and I said that at the beginning of the day, my day is just so much more fruitful. So that's, the, there's so many other things, but that is probably the most, most wonderful um, uh, part of self-care. Another one that for a lot of the moms at home or who are people who are not able to, you know, commit everything to, to their passions is when I work, oh my God, that is the most amazing, amazing, amazing uh, self-care because I love it so much. It makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it, it's those two things. Mm-hmm. When you read Course in Miracles, what do you have like a strategy? Do you just read a little bit here and there? Because I'm I'm kind of starting to go down that path, and I and I get overwhelmed looking at it. Like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Where should I start? Yeah, so there's it's spread spread into multiple multiple. Um, uh, there's daily lessons. So I normally do just a daily lesson, and I reread it multiple times, and then I try to incorporate it during the day. And then I will spend about half an hour just reading just the uh, the manual for teachers. Okay. And very, it's extremely dense. So it's very, uh, it's very dense. I mean, I have never gotten through all the lessons. I always have to go back because mm-hmm. I know I'm not at the level that, that I need to be. Uh, but it's, it's the work. It's not about achieving anything. It's just by sitting in the grace. And I really do believe that my job is to, for whatever reason I've been put into this world and have had the life that I've had to put myself in the most energetic space that is of service to others. So I have to, the work that I do, I have to be that element. Um, I owe it to my clients. I owe it to my family. So it's, it's the grandest gift that, that you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. Great. Oh my gosh, Yasna, this is even more than I was expecting. I just, this was so much fun to talk to you and learn. And I can see why you are so successful and people, like you said, you attract really amazing humans. And so, yes. Um, Can you tell listeners where to find you if they're not in Minnesota, um, social media wise and your website and everything? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, this is, this is such a joy. I, I, and I really appreciate and love you again. I don't do all of the requests because I just, I just don't have the time. So this was such, such a joy of mine. And oh, thank you. I love connecting with you again because of who you are. Um, I'm, I mean, best place to find me is, is I'm slightly obsessed with Instagram at yasna.borza. Um, and my stories are, tend to be slightly hilarious and contemplative. So it's a balance of both. Um, and that's the best place for people to reach out to me, whether they're, they're local or um, around the country. Thank you for tuning in again this week. Thanks so much for your support of Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show. I'll see you next week.